Welcome back to Starting a Riot. It has been a while, so make sure you're following us at Start a Riot Pod on Twitter, at Starting a Riot on Instagram and Facebook for all of the latest updates and info. And you can email us at Starting a Riot Podcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Sam Riot, and I am here with Hey Julianne, my co host. You might be asking, but wait, what happened to J-Train? Well, sadly, due to scheduling conflicts, he's no longer able to co-host the show. So I'd like to thank Julie for joining me and uh, moving forward with starting a riot. Happy to be here. It is exciting to be back. It has been literally forever. Like, not quite a year. I think I was on, no, it has been about a year. It's been like a year. It's been a while. The last time I was on was to talk about the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. It was, that's right. And it was right around the time when I was battling a lot of health issues because of my dialysis and stuff. So I got caught up in being in the hospital every three months, it seemed like. And then to transition into even bigger, like to the big news and to where we've, where we've been for the last year, I actually decided in conjunction with my husband, Michael, to look into gastric surgery so that I could lose the weight I've needed to lose for the last few years to get my kidney. And so I've had that surgery and I have lost over 60 pounds so far. You so had that surgery in February. In February, yep. I We started looking into it in October and there was a lot of jumps and hoops and things like that to sort of go through. So I, I looked into that and February, around February 17th or so, I think it was, I had my surgery and it went really well and I am one step closer to getting that kidney. There's a few other hiccups that I may talk about later on down the road that have kind of come up that are also delaying the whole kidney thing but I am at a point now where I should be able to get on the list once I get the rest of the hiccups sorted out. So yeah, it's it's pretty darn exciting. I also have been in the process of beginning to launch my own photography business. So I've been really busy, <laughs> needless to say, between surgeries and and everything else it's been it's been crazy so I wasn't able to start up and I didn't want to start the podcast back up until I was in a place that we could do it consistently and and be really there regularly and doing it every other week like we've wanted to do and that's part of the reason that we stopped doing grow up emo kid was that we were just too busy yeah you run another podcast too so I was trying to schedule with Jason and you were scheduling your podcast and it was just there it wasn't really gelling the way I wanted it to. I, I do run another podcast. It is exclusively about hockey. So if anybody <laughs> wants to listen to me talk about hockey, we did not carry our amateur coaches corner over from Grow Up Emo Kid. But if anybody wants to listen to me talk about hockey, that podcast is called Pucker Up Podcast. So, And in all likelihood, hockey will come up here for other reasons. So you will probably hear a little bit of hockey here, but we're not going to focus on it as much as we might have before because she does have the other podcast but yeah. we will we will focus a little bit more going forward my hope is to actually really dive into the music that we grew up with so there will be a little bit more in-depth talking about that part of All the right. podcast so I want I want everyone to know that our whole like music we grew up with thing is we are going to talk about the 15th anniversary of an album which means it was released in 2004 which is when I was in college and I was in high school not exactly grew up with for me Sam that's fair but like it I feel like your high school and your college years are really the years that you're growing up and figuring out who you are so it is the music you grow up with because when you're a little kid at least I know for me I listen to a lot of the stuff my parents listen to I didn't really start getting into my own thing until high school and college I'd love to tell you I don't still listen to the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC but I do I mean if it comes on I'm not mad about it but I don't like actively listen to the Backstreet Boys and like I don't actively listen to like country and I used to listen to country as a kid too so I would if Garth Brooks would stop being a dick and put his stuff on streaming well you know that's that's a fair complaint I think come on Garth (laughs) 
So the other thing I mentioned, and I just kind of want to put it out there for people to know, I am actually starting up my own photography. And if you'd like to take a look at it, I go by Sam X Riot on all of my platforms. So I actually, it's Sam X Riot Photography, but you can look me up and check out some of my pictures. And if you're in the DC, Virginia, Maryland area, and you want to book me, uh, my contact information should be on my Facebook, which like I said, you can look that up. It's at Sam X Riot Photography and maybe we can work something out. So I'm pretty excited about it, actually. Like, I haven't gone full-blown, full-time with it, but I've done my first wedding, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of work, but I really like it. Fall Out Boy throwback photos. and Oh, yeah, I did. I did all of our promo shots that have been going up on our... Facebook, Insta, and Twitter are all pictures that I took. Julie came over and we had a a little photo session. And actually, I think one of the things we might end up using for our Patreon is we did some silly pictures and we might be able to put some more GIFs up on our Patreon in the future. Uh, should we ever actually start using our Patreon, which we haven't really yet, but we have it eventually. That's something we want to get to, but that's that's for the future. That's for the future. Like we're 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 thinking ahead here. We're actually planning on doing this for a long time. So we're in it to win it. What about you? So I've sort of gone into a little bit of my life updates and where I've been. Where have you been and what have you been doing? Well, when we were doing Grow Up Emo Kid, you got to talk a lot about you know buying your first house. So I did that last year. (laughs) Um, So now we are fostering a dog and his name is Ollie and we call him Martini Dog because he's in a cone right now. And we're fostering him through Oldies But Goodies Cocker Spaniel Rescue, which is where my roommate got her two previous dogs. Well, her two previous dogs prior to the dog that we have now who came from Small Miracles Cat and Dog Rescue. All of our animals are adopted. Um, we have two dogs and a cat. Yes, even our pug is an adoptee. He he maybe ha- went through some stuff before we acquired him. Anyway, so we're fostering Ollie. He's a blonde cocker. He's beautiful. He's very cute. You can see the pictures of him on her Twitter. He, but he is he is in a cone currently because he recently got neutered and wants to lick the stitches in his area. So. <laughs> He and Henry don't really get along, unfortunately, because Henry's very territorial. It's getting a little bit better. How is Koozie with him? The newest, Koozie, the newest Koozie, edition. Everybody's friends. <laughs> he, like he, I mean, if he, if Holly and Henry are fighting, Koozie will defend Henry because Henry's his brother. But. Right now, so that Ollie's not alone, Koozie's hanging out with him. Aww. So if you hear Henry barking in the background, by the way, it's because Henry is forced to be with Julie. No, that's Ollie. Oh, that's Ollie barking. Yeah. So we got some dogs. Melanie is away, so the dogs will bark. Melanie's flying right now. Uh, She's on her way back. But when there are birds in the backyard, I'll chase them. Gotcha. Not that he can catch anything in his cone. But he tries. Although I did accidentally throw a tennis ball in it, yeah, last night, like an olive. (laughs) So there's also another very exciting thing you've been doing, and I am so proud of you about this. Oh my god, you shouldn't be, because I almost gave myself a concussion. Oh, well, I mean, I don't want you to hurt yourself, but I believe Julie is a hockey player in training at this point. Well... That's a stretch. So here's the funny thing about how this all started. Because I'm a hockey fan anyway. But then I found out that, like, fucking Ryan Ross, formerly of Panic at the Disco, like, plays league hockey all the time. And I'm like, fuck, dude. If he can play hockey, I can play hockey. I'm not made of birds. <laughs> like, I feel like I could look at Ryan Ross the wrong way and snap him in half. And I still feel that way. Well, yeah. Like 15 years ago, I felt that way and I feel that way now. So I was like, fuck Ryan Ross. I'm going to learn how to play hockey and then I'm going to kick Ryan Ross's ass because I still hate him after all these years. But um, (laughs) bitter. (laughs) And so I found a learn to play hockey through another podcast that... I'm, my hockey podcast is friendly with called um, Saucy Rockets, who which is an all-female podcast, and they're coaches and players. So I go, and I, I ask, you know, the I know the girls from Saucy Rockets play. So I was like, do you know anywhere that I could go play? They're like, yeah, we have learned a hockey here at the rink that we play at, and they have loaner equipment. Okay. 
So then I don't have to buy all of my equipment to find out if I really want to do it. So I go and I get there and I get all my my shit on, you know, skates, knee pads, elbow pads, helmet with full cage, and gloves. And cautionary tale, don't wear communal gloves. Ugh, yeah, I can't imagine. So, like, whatever you're imagining doesn't even come close. Oh, no. I washed my hands there. They still stank when I got home. They still stank after I took a shower. Like, I, like, kudos to the women that are married to hockey players because fucking. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, have you started buying equipment now? I now, I own a helmet for obvious reasons, and I got a hand-me-down pair of skates today. But I'll, 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 there's a whole story. There's a whole story. So I go to learn to hockey, and I find out that I can't skate. Oh, no. So i like, all right, we'll reel it back in. I'll go to learn to skate. So I go to learn to skate at a rink that's closer to me, because the one that I went to learn to hockey has closer to my job. Gotcha. Like, it's not like they're far away, but it's a lot closer to my office than it is to my house. So the one, I go to the one by my house to learn to skate. So I go to learn, my first learn to skate class last Saturday. And I make it about 10 minutes in, fall over, dead ass backward, and slam my head on the ice. And I slammed my head on the ice so hard that my glasses popped off. They clatter on the ice, and I'm like, I don't understand what this noise is. And then I'm like, oh, wait. That was my glasses because I can't fucking see. And they sit me up and they're like, are you dizzy at all? And I'm like, no. And they're like, so your head just hurts. And I'm like, not as bad as my feet hurt. And they're like, okay, so you're all right. We're going to get you some ice. And I'm like, okay, I'm sitting on ice. Couldn't I just lay back down? I, by the time I got home, like my pants on my t-shirt were still soaking wet from having lain on the ice. Oh, no. But um, So the first thing I did when I went to the makeup class on Tuesday was buy a helmet. I wasn't concussed. I do have a goose egg on the back of my head still. So my second class is tomorrow. And my friend Brian was like, oh, well, what size skates do you need? Because he was like, my wife doesn't wear her hockey skates and we're getting rid of them anyway. If they fit you, you can have them. So he was going a little bit north of here for a meeting today or for an appointment and on his way back down because he lives in Southern Maryland. He swung by the house and the skates fit me. So now I have a helmet and skates. Yay. And you need to buy gloves so your hands don't have to sneak again. Well, yeah, that'll come later. But right now I'm only up to like wear, I'm I'm wearing like mittens. Aw, you're learning. Yeah, I also ripped a hole in the mesh on the back of my leggings. How did you do that? Because skates are sharp, Samantha. Well, yeah, but did you, like, almost cut your leg, too? No, I was getting up off the ice. Oh, okay. Like, but, yeah. I would uh, definitely fail at the whole skating thing, especially on ice. I would end up cutting myself or concussing myself, for sure, without a doubt. So, it's not something that Sam can ever do. The week after I went to, or the week or two after I went to learn to skate, I, uh, we had a skating party at work and it was roller skating. I'm better at roller skating. What I can't do anymore. Roller skate? Yup. Aw. Especially not on four wheels. I can't remember the last time I was on four wheeled skate. I see. That's all I know how to do. Don't get me on right. Don't get me on like, uh, the rollerblade things. Cause nope, I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't have enough, like. I'm not, I'm not balanced enough. And I think that's what it comes down to. I actually have that brain malformation, which means I don't have any balance, which means when I get on an uneven turf like that, I'm not going to, I'm going to fall on my ass. I need four skate. I need four wheels to keep me steady. I, on my first lap around the rink, wiped out in front of all of my coworkers. Oh no. And I hurt my knee so bad. It was ridiculous. I'm sorry. And other bad news, didn't your air conditioning go out this summer? Oh, yeah, no, our air conditioner is fucked. Is it still out? I mean, it's not working. So, how are you surviving life? Um, it's nice outside, dude. Well, it is nice. It's been beautiful for, like, the last week. I'm like, can it just stay like this for forever? Actually, it, like, semi-works. It can keep the house in, like, the mid-70s, which is not great. But like until it hits nineties outside, and then it's gonna maybe keep it in the eighties if you're lucky. What are y'all gonna do? Do you have homeowners insurance? Did you learn any lessons in buying your home? 
Well, we do have homeowner's insurance. And we called them because we thought the storm had knocked it out. But it turns out that, like, it's whatever it's doing where it's, like, not functioning and it's, like, frozen up or whatever. Because it just comes, it comes on and it runs and runs and runs and never shuts off because it never actually cools the house off to what it's supposed to be. So it runs until it freezes up, which is not how an air conditioner is supposed to function. No. So when we came home and found it hot the Sunday of memorial day weekend melanie went downstairs to look at it and when you pull the panel off it has a kill switch so we thought that the storm had killed it and melanie's like fuck i broke it but no the very nice gentleman who came to our house to investigate it that following tuesday after we suffered through monday which sucked balls because memorial day has been the hottest weekend we've had barring the one that we dug into our backyard and put down a patio so as you can see, we're making stellar choices out here. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, there's a kill switch. And she didn't get the panel back on all the way. And the air conditioner came right back on, started pumping cold air. And he's like, well, clean the uh, the unit outside because it's full of debris. But it, like, it's not getting fully cold at any point. So. so now you have to call somebody back and hopefully get it fixed. And hopefully for less than $200 again. Yeah. Home ownership. Isn't it fun? No. No. Well, our dishwasher broke in Adventures of Home Ownership. Our dishwasher broke. We do have homeowner's insurance. We called. They came and they fixed it for $100. So we're pretty tickled and glad we have the homeowner's insurance so far. We'll see if anything else goes wrong because inevitably it will. We own this place and there's not people to call and fix it for us anymore because we own it. It's our responsibility. So... You know, we're just here to suffer through the remainder of our lives as adults and old adults at that. It has been 15 years this month since Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance was released. 15 years, guys. Melanie and I, we went to a party on Saturday. Melanie and I listened to it all the way through. She's like, do we have to listen to it more than once? I think she was suffering. Yeah, I didn't. I listened to it all the way through today twice because I I actually really enjoyed it. (laughs) And I did. I really, I still, it still speaks to me on like a level. Like it's, it's such a high energy, good listen. There's not a song on it that's not good. Even the interlude is listenable. I always skip the interlude. I'm not going to lie to you. I skipped it when Melanie and I listened to it on Saturday too. I didn't. I was like, I'm going to listen to it and see if it's a good interlude. And it is like. I there. love you, Ray Toro, but I don't care about your Spanish guitar. <laughs> not what I'm here for, baby. But it, it's it's still a solid album. And it's a good album. And there's a and lot on it that still resonates to today. Like, it's not, it hasn't aged badly, I don't think. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. When it first came out, I hated it. How is that even possible? Well, but then again, if you listen to Danger Days, which I think is your favorite album, there is a drastic difference in sound. No, no, no. Okay. But, like, Danger Days didn't come out until 2012. True. So that doesn't have anything to do with Danger Days. I know. I'm just saying, like, I know what no, okay. your, your I'm, what I'm saying is, like, what your favorite sound of My Chemical Romance is is not necessarily Three Cheers. That doesn't, I mean, like, that's irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant? It doesn't have anything to do, it's, it's a cow's opinion. It's not, <laughs> like, Danger Days aside, yes, Danger Days is my favorite. My Chemical Romance, I was my roommate's favorite, too. Although she did tell me on the way to your house for the Game of Thrones party that Teenagers is her favorite My Chem song. That's a little weird. Uh, it's what I thought. I mean, that's not we a bad song. To, get to the Game of Thrones turn up function, and I was like, let's play Kill All Your Friends. And she was like, ugh. And I'm like, what better time than Kill All Your Friends to play Kill All Your Friends? <laughs> yeah. So... Like I said, it's been 15 years, so happy anniversary, three cheers. Like, I'm personally really glad that it came into our lives because it really was a huge part of the movement. And I know Gerard Way doesn't love that it's called emo, and I know he doesn't really want to be associated with that movement. I am sure that he has given up on trying to be 
separate from that at this point in his life. Yeah, he probably has, but I know at the time, and I know still, he gives a little bit of eye roll to it. It's like taking back Sunday. They don't really love when people bring that up and talk about that all that much. All right, Adam, you are what you are. Just deal with it. It's true. But, like, they really are, like, these kings of this movement, and... So it released on June 8th, 2004, and it was with Reprise Records. And as everybody should know who's listening to this, or maybe you don't, and you're like, oh, I want to learn more. Um, I'm Not Okay, I Promise was the first single that released off of that album, which is actually, for the record, we'll get into this a little bit later, but it is my song for the week. And it is my favorite song off that album. There's a whole bunch of songs on this album that are really good. It's a good album. It is. It's a really solid listen. And it's, like I said, it's very high energy. It's very, it's a very quick listen. Like, here's the thing. I hated it at first. I just like, uh, because I would, I would hear, I would be listening or I'd be watching Fuse and all I would see would be the videos for I'm Not Okay and Helena. And I was like, this is fucking Stupid. Because I was just, like, I was not, I was new to the scene, Samantha. Yeah, you came in in a different way than some of us did. I came in because I was sitting in my living room. This is how I got, this is how I got into the scene. Like, true story. I was sitting in my living room and Fall Out Boy were on Conan O'Brien. And I saw Pete Wentz and I was like, he's cute. And then I was listening to the song and I'm like, I like this song. And that was doomed. Wasn't that that was from Murder the Cork Tree too? It wasn't. It was, they were performing Sugar We're Going Down. Yeah, so it wasn't Take This to Your Grave era. You, like I said, you came you came in a a little later and B. No, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. I'm not like I have no cred. <laughs> Do I have cred? Is that what we're no, saying? Because I'm excited about this if it's true. Yeah, you're like a hipster of emo. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a fucking terrible it's not. thing. <laughs> Although I did see, uh, speaking of being hipsters of emo, I saw that the Academy has released a new song. Oh, really? I didn't know. I have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I, but I wonder, like, who's in that band now? Yeah, I'll have to do a little research on that and find out what's going on. But um, that that's for another episode. This episode. Anyway, so I just hate, I was like, this is fucking stupid. And this dude scares me. I think this dude may be a psycho that's fair that is a fair assessment the lyrics are pretty dark they did the ghost of you and i was like wait i fucking love this like it it's like how i felt about lady gaga and i hated it i hated it i hated it i hated it and then she did paparazzi on the vmas and it clicked and i got it and i'm like oh it's art it's not just music it's not like a shtick it's art my chemical romance is art in a way that, like, because it's it, it, it's perform it's performance art in a way that a lot of emo bands aren't because of who Gerard Way is. Yeah, I mean, he designed the album artwork for yeah, the CD. What, he- what I said that art has a name. Do you know what it's called? I have no idea what it's called. Uh, it's, it's called Demolition Lovers. There we go. And that art is done on the cover of Life on the Murder Scene with live models as well. Okay, that's really cool. I did not know that. See, Micah is her favorite, like, of the emo <laughs> bands. So she's going to, Julie's full of more knowledge than I am. The knowledge I'm pulling from is more like Wikipedia and like what I remember from the day. I have a My Chemical Romance tattoo. You're going to be hard pressed to beat me here. Well, I'm not trying to beat you. I'm glad that you're here to like educate me a little bit because like I'm going to be wading through this with some difficulty. You're like, designed the artwork. It's certified platinum. And I'm like, please. (laughs) It is. It's a certified platinum album, which is, which is a big deal though, because for emo, yeah. For emo, it's a really big deal. You're not going to find that with a lot of emo bands. Do you have a date on how long it took to get certified platinum? It was certified within the year. Oh, really? Within the year. Within, in 2004? Mm-hmm. Or, like, into, like, by June 8th, By June 8th of 2005, it was, it was certified platinum. Neat. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal for a band to get that kind of exposure. And this album is the album that made the next album, The Black Parade, really possible. This album, you know, they got the concept down, they got the sound down, and they knew what they were doing. So, when they released their next album, they were even bigger and better and bolder than they were with the first album this album gave them a lot of exposure and introduced them to a lot of new people because well as a concept my chemical romance is always about death yeah it's about death and dying and in some cases 
living again uh, as very heavy zombie themes especially in bullets yeah bullets is very zombie heavy and i think i think for you you are more into and i'm i'm really getting deep in analyzing this when you look at it you go from a more sort of pure punk sound with bullets which is not either of our bag, really. Like, you like punk music, but not, like, in a pure way. And your favorite of their albums is Three Tears for Sweet Revenge because it leans more toward pop punk. Yeah, I, I, in listening to it, it is that very pop punk sound. It's definitely a more aggressive. To go further into Black Parade, it's more, it's, it's still rock, but it's more like rock opera, rock like theater which is not really a genre but it's very theatrical like i love it i re-listened to this one and i'm just like this whole album is so good and there's so much about it that is complex enough and relevant enough that it stayed really fresh it doesn't feel like when i listen to fall out boys take this to your grave it feels of the time still it feels like it's 2003 when i listen to it but with my kim it it just feels fresher and seems like it's transitioned a lot better because of the the way that they've musically set it up and the way that Gerard helped put it together like there's no wonder they had him do like a Watchmen soundtrack and stuff because he's good at that well and then the final step of that is the reason Danger Days is my favorite is because you knowing me is that I tend toward more dancier poppier kind of rock yeah you do so I mean progressionally it makes sense it makes a lot of sense and it's in listening because i did listen to a little i still cannot believe that you had never heard danger days i hadn't but i i tried today in listening to three cheers i was like okay let me listen to black parade and figure out what went wrong and i tried to listen to black parade i got like two songs in and i couldn't do it it's too theatrical for you i don't like it I don't like it at all. It's too slow. It loses that aggression that Three Chairs had. It keeps with some of the like lyrical themes, and lyrically it sounded fine. I don't have issues with that, but what's going to keep my attention is a different style of music, and it lost that, and that's what made me drop it. It became overly polished and overly this, and, and I... I don't respond to that. I don't. I think if it had been put to a more three cheer sounding guitar, I might have been more interested in it. Which is why "Welcome to the Black Parade" is probably my favorite song off that album. But what's nice about "Danger Days"? Like, how is "Welcome to the Black Parade" your favorite song off of that album when "Famous Last Words" exists? I don't know if I've ever made it that far. <gasps> I'm literally offended right now. I am very sorry. You gave me a song. Like, why, like first of all, why are you listening to it in order? Like, we're going to sit. I'm going to go through it, and I'm going to write down the ones that mostly have riffs, because there's no way you are getting through shit like Mama. <laughs> And that's, that's not it. for you. That's, that's for the it. Day. It's not for me, and that, it is okay. But the problem is, is I do tend to go through an album song by song, and I think what happens with with – Welcome to the Black Parade is I, I get to the through the first ones and I'm like I and I just give up instead of pushing my way through it and looking for the ones that I would like it's just like the Fall Out Boy Save Rock and Roll I listened oh. to a couple tracks and I couldn't stand it and I was like okay I'm done but then that's so foolish because that is their best album it's not foolish it is not their best album it and, is their best album but I did finally listen to Save Rock and Roll with Elton John because I love me some Elton John and I really like that song and it's a song I constantly play now because it is a it's a good track but for me it's just not my cup of tea and that's okay it doesn't have to be my cup of tea but if you give me some my cam songs from from black parade i'll 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 listen to up. them i'll listen to them like you don't like okay so like you don't get like oh my god holy shit how are you like where do you get stuck do you get stuck at i don't love you I'd have to like open my iTunes and honestly I'm a little afraid to open it right now because I'm afraid it'll make the stream end again. Like, now that I have it open, I don't understand where you're getting stuck. May like unless you're getting stuck literally on the first track, like Dead's a banger, This is how I disappear is a banger, Sharpest Lives is a banger. I don't love you slow. Cancer's not a good song. I'll have to look because the other thing too is it looks like I got the CD from someone else and it's all messed up. 
So mm. I don't think the tracks are necessarily in their actual correct order oh or my the God. correct names. Oh my God, Samantha, that's affecting your listening experience. It might be. It, it's possible. <laughs> also, Famous Last Words is the last song. And that, like, oh my God. Well, I will I will try again. I'm not opposed to You've never that. even listened to Black Pro- Like, you're not even a My Chemical Romance fan. Get out of my house. <laughs> I never claimed to be, like, their biggest fan. I do appreciate oh. what they did for the genre, and I appreciate Three Cheers a lot because I think it did a lot to bring more bands, especially bands now, into the scene because a lot of the bands that I listen to that have come around more recently were inspired by bands like my chem and that's you know inside but you know happy anniversary three cheers we are happy to have you obviously i have more homework to do you don't have to put in work <laughs> i have work to put in but i mean but for for the purposes of this podcast specifically like three cheers really did set up a lot of great things for the genre of emo and pop punk and it is a milestone that we hit that we are or at least we should be really grateful for and he in many ways is still a leader of the cult of us emo kids whether he wants to be or not so happy three cheers month (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of happy months it's pride month yeah happy pride julie Thank you. Even though I am glad you, to have you have disrespected my father Gerard Way in such a manner immediately prior to this. <laughs> um, are you going to any Pride events this this month? I am not because we were out of town last weekend. That's right. DC Pride was last weekend, and I hear it was unfortunately interrupted due to false alarms of gunfire because that's the kind of world we fucking live in. Mm-hmm. But usually you do go to DC Pride, don't you? Uh, it depends. Usually I work at DC Pride. So, and I think it's important, especially because we're a, a podcast of progressive thinking, uh, liberal snowflakes, that uh, we kind of address a little bit, because this is one of the things we do, and we're going to be getting into some heavier stuff here in a second. But one of the things that's important to address is that LGBTQ people... Uh, I don't know the full acronym, and there's more that I can add to that, and I apologize, but... QIA. QIA people are all deserving of equal rights, and the current administration's attack on transgender rights and queer people's rights is unfortunate, and it's the very first step into taking away our rights, and I know that it doesn't seem like you should care. You're not a transgender person. Why should you care? You should care. Because to start rolling back on our rights, they have to start with the last people to really receive rights. And the way that this administration is slowly rolling back things, but spouting out how they love LBGTQIA people did i get it right that time lgbtqia it it is a problem and you can see like where they want to go and how they want to move forward and they're going to lie to your face and they're going to say they're doing things that are positive and they're not and we all need to be really aware of it especially this pride month some of us are aware of it all the time we have friends who are part of the community and so we see how it affects them directly but not everybody knows somebody you might you'd be surprised a lot of lgbtqia people don't (laughs) just say lgbt (laughs) lgbt people i'm trying to i want to include everybody um just say queer just say queer queer people you probably know someone who's queer you may not know trans people queer and trans people the point is you may not know you know somebody you very well the point is if you think like if you think you don't know somebody you are wrong you are wrong and it is important and lgbt people have the highest rates of suicide among everybody there's no reason for them to not be treated the same way you or i are treated and trans women of color are among the most murdered by a large margin just like it's unreal how many trans women of color are just straight up murdered and nothing's done about it so think about that the next time you're like oh well it doesn't affect me or hey i'm just gonna go to this pride parade for fun no no 
Pride comes from trans women of color. So step the fuck back. It does matter. Pride Month is very important. No, there does not need to be a straight pride fucking parade. Here's the thing about the straight pride parade. Because they just even stopped pretending it was about straight pride when they hired Milo Yiannopoulos to be their grand marshal because... Milo Yiannopoulos is gay. Yeah, he's gay. It's about being a fucking Nazi. That's all. Stop being fucking Nazis. And speaking of being Nazis, because let's get deep on this, because we're going to talk about current events, aren't we, Sam? We are. We're, that's where we're headed right now. Speaking of being uh, Nazis, we are desperately headed in that direction, aren't we? There are some really shady things happening at the border that people aren't paying attention to and, or don't on. care or want it to happen, which is the part that just flabbergasts me. Literal concentration camps. Literal concentration camps. People are being herded into Fort Sill. You know what Fort Sill was used as Japanese during the Second World War, Sam? Japanese concentration camp? Well, they didn't call them concentration but camps. But that's what it was. Internment camps. Okay, internment camp. Yeah. But that's, it's, there's Anyway, the whole thing is that basically they're treating migrant people like garbage, like they didn't all come from immigrants. Like, Donald Trump is, like, second-generation American. Yeah. And like, like, your wife is not even American. The biggest the biggest issue is, and I, I don't see the news, and I watch the news a lot, Julie, you know I do. I don't see the news covering it this way, and it's kind of bothersome, because we have always had a lot of migrant people coming across the border. They go to asylum. They claim, they try to claim asylum. They come here. It's not illegal. Like they're trying to do it the correct way. There's just, it, our system is broken and the Trump administration has broken it further and has, by doing the things that they've done, created a crisis of the border. We've always had problems, but it is a crisis now. And they're using the crisis that they have created to try to say that something needs to be done about it. And this is what we need to do about it. But they're, it's not about people coming here and wanting to have a better life because if it was about that we wouldn't have this issue it's about brown people that these old white men feel threatened by and that's stupid because and they're like oh they're gonna take our jobs you know what jobs they do they, jobs white people don't want yeah, to do they work in fields they clean bathrooms they do things that a lot of of that frankly white people think they're above yeah even poor white americans don't want to do these jobs and that's fair you don't have to want to do these jobs that's one of the great things about having migrant workers. I'm sure that the, the Hispanic people don't want to fucking do those jobs either, but they're willing to do them because they want to make a living. And it's better than the circumstances they're coming from. What people don't seem to realize is how bad some of the events that are happening in South American countries, how bad those events are and how poor the life quality of these people are. They're trying to escape that to better themselves and in, in the Trump administration, if they cared about that being the problem then they would send aid to these countries instead of threatening to cut the aid off and make the problem that much worse they're not if they if they cared that people were coming to the country and they cared about the problems that are happening that are causing them to come here instead of threatening to, to separate children from their parents and put or people actually in, doing it or, or putting people in internment camps or they would address the problem and try to find a way to fix the problem outside of america they're not doing that because they don't care because this is an isolationist president who thinks that America needs to be sacred ground because white people come from here, but that's not what comes from America. Native Americans come from America, not white people. So right. you're getting it wrong from the very beginning, and it's well, here's ridiculous. The thing. You know why America doesn't intervene in, in, in Latin countries? They don't care? There's no oil there. That too. There's no profit for America to make there the way there is in uh, the Middle East. So. There's no oil there. That's why America doesn't intervene. There's no there's no reason for them to want to. That's what it's always been about in the Middle East. And that's why we intervene in the guise of helping those people. So I guess the point of this conversation is to remind you to vote and be active and be aware of what's going on. Because all of these little things, all of the things that this administration is doing are to bring back a time in American history where white men worked 
women stayed at home and popped out the babies and that was that that was the norm white people were like the top dogs no question and that's not a time we want to go back to like 56 years ago is not where we want to go back to not that not that race relations have improved that much but they have improved some and we don't want to go back there there's no reason to go back there we don't have to live in the 1930s no we don't and we don't want to i mean that it, it harkens to the abortion laws that are being passed they want you to take it's about control oh my god white men you know want to be in control about this abortion laws is what the one where some idiot a-hole in georgia is just like well if you have an ectopic pregnancy we'll just re-implant the embryo like that's how science works that yeah no the baby is no longer um viable in those situations yeah, no shit and you don't even have a science degree nope and that's the thing it's and i and i will say this i don't agree with everything that people on the liberal side necessarily say like there's currently a push to make birth control available over the counter and i yeah. you should see a doctor you to should make sure that it like you're not gonna have some weird side effect or yeah, like that's a terrible happen. idea i get that it's a birth control access for all but there are other ways to do that not making it av- making it available over the counter like people will take the wrong dose or take the wrong thing and it could be i've had birth control that made me insane mental health issues drug interaction issues i don't think that's a good idea no it's not so coming from someone who has worked in a pharmacy and seen the interactions that have come up like i mean i guess my point is that it's not about at this point it's not about like being liberal it's about looking at it from a scientific logical perspective and the problem is is those who want to go back to 50 years ago also want to look at it in a religious perspective because if you're looking at it from a science perspective there's no reason that women can't have access to safe legal abortions period there's no scientific reason why women can't have access to those things that they need be that birth control be that whatever there's no reason for us not all have access to it it's a scientifically proven fact that access to safe and legal abortions and to proper birth control makes the number of abortions go down. Ta-da! So that's just that's just something to think about when you're voting in November, which is something we'll come back to probably every podcast. Vote in your primaries. Vote in your vote at all costs go vote because these things are really important and we need to make changes and the only way we're going to do that is by voting and being aware and staying actively involved in the things that you can stay actively involved in if there is something that you care about call your congressman yes it's important it's especially important with a republican senate and a republican president and a senate that isn't putting any checks on the president i want to because we're going to run long i want to take a couple of minutes to talk about my my current pet cause because i'm really irritated by this and that's single-use plastic straws. So this came up because I saw a thread on Twitter where this person had gone to a diner and had requested a straw. And the waitress said, oh, well, we just don't give those out anymore. But the waitress had a straw in her pocket, for the record. No, well, the waitress had to, like, go in the back and get them. But the whole point was this, because this person was not, like, visibly infirm they were denied a straw and had to explain to the waitress which you should never have to explain your disability or anything to anyone Mm -hmm. because it's against it's it's not you someone cannot make you explain any kind of disability whether it's visible or invisible then and this person happens to have Ehlers-Danlos which is a genetic disorder that affects the cartilage, which means your cartilage is shitty and all your shit flops around. That's how people end up all kinds of double-jointed. So in this person's case, if she raised her, were to raise a glass up to take a drink, she would have spasms underneath her, her shoulder blades. So she needed a straw to drink. And she was declined a straw. And she uh, uh, like was like, I'm sorry, if I do this, I'm going to, it's going to hurt my body. And the waitress was like, sorry, we don't give out, like whatever, like really argued about it. And then got the manager and was like, it's just easier. And the manager's like, it's just easier to give them a straw than to deal with these people. Like really hateful, like hateful shit. 
Like, and there's no, and like the whole thing about the straw ban and the single use plastic straws is that it's performative environmentalism because the whole thing is, oh, well, there's so many, so much plastic in the ocean. We are going to save the environment by stopping using these single use plastic straws. When statistically, the amount of plastic in the ocean coming from plastic straws is 0.03%. The rest, most of the rest of it's from the, the fishing industry. And people are just, it's, it's literally virtue signaling. With, with straws, where they come from is hospital use. It was, they were designed for hospital patients. Right. So initially, the patent for a single-use plastic straw, they were designed so that hospital patients who were not able to sit up or who needed a device to convey liquid to them to drink whilst lying in a hospital bed, this this was the invention that allowed them to drink. So people, I mean, it's become obviously very, very widespread and a lot of people use them. And in my house, we have plastic straw. Like, uh, they're, I guess they're acrylic. We have acrylic ones. We have metal ones. We have, you know, reusable plastic ones because we don't keep the disposable ones around. And that's fine because we have the, A, the money to do that. B, um, don't actually require them to be bendable to use them because we're not disabled in any way but that there are disabled people who if you have a seizure and bite down on one of those metal straws or hard straws it could break your teeth or a glass one it could shatter yeah there's potential bodily harm other options are paper ones paper ones dissolve um people have had allergic reactions to the adhesives in the paper that make the straw stick together so i mean there's all kinds of reasons that other options don't work and people refuse to accept that these single-use plastics are enabling people who have disabilities to drink and it's pure ableism to say oh well just do this alternative because it's easy for me to say that because i'm not a disabled person yeah and the reality of the situation is yeah do i do my best not to use disposable straws sure when i go to starbucks i do try to ask for the nitro lid but the nitro lid is garbage i know that even though i do will ask for it because it leaks. The first, it the first thing I said to you when you said, oh, I asked for the nitro lid, I was like, that motherfucker don't stay on. It doesn't. And I, I totally, I was in a subway in New York and that motherfucking cup leaked all over me. Like, I know that they're not great. And it's, it's not like you don't spill stuff on you all day long anyway. I know. So like, but I don't mind asking for it because I'm going to do my little part. Is it that much? No. Do I mind asking for the nitro lid? Not really. Do I think it's making the biggest difference that I'm not asking? asking for a straw no not really but like yeah there should be alternatives for people who don't want to use straws but that doesn't mean that straws should be completely outlawed and banned that doesn't solve the problem there are a lot of other things that we should be doing to help the environment above getting rid of just these plastic straws right well here's the thing if the problem is the plastic straws and i think part of the problem is they end up supposedly end up in the ocean because they have a difficult time recycling them, rethink the recycling process. Yeah. Like, why not start there? Because it's inconvenient to the recycling process and you don't want to spend the money to rethink that. So what I read was that basically the straws get stuck in the machine that that grinds up the plastics for recycling because they I think they like turn it into little pellets or whatever and melt it down yeah so the straws get stuck so why are we not working on something that prevents the straws from getting stuck that's a good question like, there's a why are we not like maybe we need to have receptacles separate receptacles for straws to recycle them because I guarantee you we've all learned to throw different shit in different receptacles why not straws why yeah exactly why not straws why not look at the problem is, is people look for the easiest way and, and think, like you said, because it's an ableist way of thinking of things, a lot of people don't think about disabled people in their everyday no. life and how it affects uh, people who are different than them. If you're not like a certain way, then your mind doesn't go to those people who are that way. 
I didn't really, until you and I started talking about, really think about the fact that there are people who would have seizures that couldn't have a, a metal straw. I didn't think about that. Do I? But I, I mean, I'm not in charge and I'm not asking for all straws to be removed. I personally just choose to try to use fewer straws if I can. That's right. a choice. Well, That's my choice. When I said it to you, you were like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that is a really good point. But people don't think about that when they're making these decisions and when they're they're moving forward with these ideas. And... At the end of the day, some of the biggest things that we could do or that we were doing have all been rolled back by an administration who doesn't believe in science. So getting rid of straws isn't going to fix the problem when you have people in government who are running the EPA who have removed clean water and clean air restrictions, who have tried to roll back car emissions, who have said that coal is good and we need to bring back coal, who refuse to sign the Paris Climate Agreement. Like There are things we could do as a country that would address climate change and the environment a lot better than getting rid of all straws. Do I think we need to have alternatives? Yes. Straws are the cheapest, simplest way to signal that, oh, we're doing something for the environment, when really it would be very expensive to actually do something effective to clean up the garbage of the fishing industry. Yep. So, and the fishing industry makes money and therefore they're they're not it. What? No, that's not the cause. No, never. It makes money. But I digress. We are closing in on time to wrap up. And it's that time in the episode where we would tell you our songs from last week. But it's been so long, we probably don't know what they were. I don't. So we're going to give you some song homework. That This is the part of the show where we tell you what to check out before you come back next week. This week is a specific theme because we were doing a cheers to three. Cheers to three cheers. Cheers to three cheers. So as I sort of alluded to earlier in the episode, my song pick for you is the first single off of the album, I'm Not Okay, I Promise. There are several other songs that I do adore on that album, but that is the song that got me into my chemical romance. It is the song that like I, it spoke to me as a kid. It still on some days speaks to me and will make me cry um, because I am ridiculous, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a, as Julie would call it, a banger. And if you haven't heard it, you should check it out. And if you haven't, if you have heard it, but you haven't listened to it in a long time, give it a listen. It'll take you back, but it'll also, I don't know, get you pumped up and make you feel like somebody else out there gets it. And that it's okay to be a weirdo and a freak and all of those things that the song kind of goes over. So that's my pick from the album. Julie, what's yours? I went in the end with, it was a toss up for me because I couldn't decide between a couple of them. But in the end, I went with um, Thank You for the Venom. That is also a really good song. It is, as I would say a banger (laughs) so listen to those songs and tune in in two weeks we should i so here's the thing with the schedule we haven't actually decided on an official day most likely it'll be in two weeks on friday but in the future julie is going to have hockey and we may have to move things around a little bit so make sure that you are where can they follow us julie to make sure that they know when we're going to be doing these live recordings you can find us on twitter at start a riot pod or on Instagram at Starting a Riot, also on Facebook at Starting a Riot. And you can email us at startingariotpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us both individually on Twitter at Hey Julianne or Sam X Riot. So do that. We have been trying to be pretty dedicated with posting and getting hype for these live recorded episodes. And this is how we're going to do it going forward. We will record it live here on Twitch. And then you will be able to check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms so that you can find out where we're going to do all these awesome live recordings. And with that, Julie, I think we're done for the evening. We are, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.